still comes. Here's the difference now, though. Through conversations with others and through openly admitting it, like there's an interesting thing. I don't think you can heal anything you don't recognize. And so by me speaking that out, I was able to recognize that I had a deep pain and now I'm able to start healing from it, which it brings in tools that I've gained over the years to recognize when I'm an unhealthy place. And so maybe saying, hey, I'm in an unhealthy place right now. I need to go to counseling. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week we share conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes special guests join in. Ben Higgins, our special guest today, is speaking about the pain of loneliness and depression. Have you ever felt the crushing pain of being alone? Take heart. We have a Savior who never leaves us. But like Ben says, sometimes it's time to pursue counseling as well. Use all the tools you have available. Now here's Pastor Daniel, Billy, and Ben Higgins with the Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. You're not going to talk about why I am the way I am unless you bring up my faith. And that was kind of where I sat back then. Now, because of the platform. And because of being in the public and because of choosing to try to walk down, speaking about Jesus more and loving on people well and finding avenues to do that, I do feel like I care. I have more of a responsibility that I recognize and carry with me today to try to represent Jesus well. Well, and I know mm. for everyone who's listening right now, like I think there's a couple of things that Ben is saying that I think that, you know, it's relevant for all of our lives. So one of the things that Ben said, and I, and I really, I super respect it, where he's saying, I didn't really know what I was trying to do. But but I needed to take a step because things needed to change, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like and, and for Ben, given the fact, you know, who he is and how he carries himself. Now, all of a sudden, it's like for him, it's a step on to the bachelorette and then ultimately onto the bachelor. But for us, sometimes it's just like, hey, I got to step out of this comfort zone. Like like yeah. like Ben could have very easily been like, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to be writing manuals. I don't really like it. I don't feel it's my purpose, but I'm just here because I'm too scared to take a step. You know, and so I think that's the first thing that everyone who's listening, I want you to hear that. Like, God wants you to take a step, you know, trusting that he's going to do work. The second thing that I want to just kind of tease out for a second is, and it broke my heart as a pastor and as an author. It's like the fact that, you know, as a believer, he felt like uh, that Christians wanted him to fail. And I'm here to tell you that that is not the heart of Jesus, although people who are religious can be like that, you know, and I'm just reminded of Jesus who like the, the, the religious leaders of his day, they actually wanted him to fail and ended up killing him so that he would fail only to realize he's like, yeah, you can't kill this, you know, like, like, like death can't keep me. So they had death had to give, keep him, give him back. But like that idea that like not having people in their corner and, but then somebody comes and speaks into his life. And so I just want to remind all of you, if you have people who are kind of your, the haters, the doubters, you have people, and, and maybe it's not on the, on the level of Ben, obviously he's on magazine covers. And, you know, every time you post something on social media, somebody writes an article about it. It's a little bit different than maybe, you know, the rest of us, but that idea of make sure, like, don't listen to all the voices of the people who want you to fail, but, but listen to the encouraging voices of the people who God brings around you who actually care about you. Right. Can and, I and, add something to that? Be- yeah. Like, 
what you're saying right now is so important. And one thing, because for me, having worked in media for so long, and part of my job was critiquing things. And so you can kind of fall into this pattern of constantly critiquing everything, right? And it's interesting because I've tried to move into an era, area where when I see something, even if it's a positive story, like Ben, I've seen the headlines about you know abstaining till marriage, like the things that are really tough for people to do when I see something positive or if I see something negative, if a believer who is in the public eye is struggling, like I stop to pray for people on either end of that, right? Because that's something I just think we need to be doing. It's really easy to critique a person or to go after somebody or to judge them, but it's it's a lot harder and it shouldn't be. We should sit down and like make a prayer list, like write people's names down, pray for them because we we all need that. And so I just think that's a piece of this puzzle. If we spent more time doing that, it would change not only you know us, but I think it would obviously be beneficial for those we're doing it for. So I just wanted to add that to what you were saying. I think it's important. There's a uh, a great you know just getting out of the boat. And yeah, my story's weird and it's unique. But everybody's story is a little weird and unique. <laughs> and I you know if you can take out the the bachelor side of it, and if you could take take out the TV part of this, like there's a lot of parallels between everybody's life. And it's, it is, it's taking the moment to get out of the boat, to step out. And also, you know, I I don't want to say this and make this sound cynical. Like I don't, I didn't say that Christians felt like, but they also probably had the most weight in my life because I was again, young, very, very easily influenced, desired deeply in a season of loneliness to connect with Jesus. A lot of my outlet to connect with Jesus was the community of the church. And so when the church would come down heavy on me, it would paralyze me in not only fear, but also feeling even more isolated from the group that I wanted to love me. Now, again, that story is not unique. That story is not just my story. That's a lot of people's story. The beauty, though, the beauty over over the years and having some calloused uh, lessons being learned that have made me stronger is the one thing that stayed constant was Jesus. And so even when the crowds mocked and the crowds shook, people were more important than the issues that people were trying to bring me down by. And so I could still choose to love people well, and I would still be loved by God. And in some of those moments of most desperation and isolation that I felt, Jesus showed up the most in in very incredible ways through people, uh, through prayer. And so I don't say this. I I don't want this to come off cynical. I want this to come off of like, hey, if you're in that space and you're like, yeah, I get it. Those crazy church people. Okay. Okay. I understand why you might be feeling that way, but don't forget that there's a God that deeply loves and deeply wants a connection with you. That's there as well. That's not trying to bring you down. Beautiful. And I think, you know, one of the things I've appreciated about how God is using you, Ben, is that you've been willing to be vulnerable in public and through your platform. And so, you know, you just wrote this new book, Alone in Plain Sight, Searching for Connection when you're seen, but, but not known. You know, and there it is, you know, it's, it's really easy. You know, people have a tendency to think someone on TV, you know, and there's, there's this kind of assumption of superficiality or plasticity, but like, you're just kind of bearing your stuff. You're like, Hey, listen, like I was on TV, but I'm feeling alone. So, and I think most people, if they're really honest, if they're willing to go there, will say, you know, I kind of like, yeah, I'm seen but I don't know if anybody really knows me. So talk a little bit about that journey and what kind of led you to, to write the book. Mm. Well, as I spoke about it a second ago, uh, as, as the world felt more isolating for me for a lot of different reasons, some, some had to do with just my own personality. I'm a little bit of uh, somebody that lives in sorrow 
that's a lot more comfortable with people's pains than celebrating. Uh, it's just a part of my, it's always been that way. So as I felt more isolated, there's a theme that has ran through my life where I've always felt like the outsider looking in. Don't ask me why I can't pinpoint it. There's not like a, a tangible event. It's just the way I feel. So you just got to take that for what it is. I feel like oftentimes uh, that I, that as people get to know me more, they're going to like me less. Uh, that as I try to get in deeper relationship with others, they're going to want to push away. And, and so I've carried this for a long time. I was actually on the show and I admitted this, not really knowing what I was admitting. And as I said it on TV, I, I was anxious about it airing for months between the, when I did it and when it aired. And when it finally aired on television, the response was incredible. Not in support just of me, but in others just reaching out to me to say, thank you. Like, I feel this way too. How do you get through it? How do you deal with it? Nobody's ever talked about this before. I thought I was alone in this. And at that point in time, I chose, because I, this bachelor thing's real weird, guys. You get celebrated for being yourself. It's a real weird, weird deal. And when my buddy told me, maybe you can make this about something greater than yourself, something other than yourself. At that point, I chose to take this and try to use it for good. And part of using it for good was to continue to build a community around people expressing their, their pains and their sorrows. And it, you know, and it just continued over time to, in, to allow me to enter into spaces with people that are hurting deeply. Be that pastors, be that other people, be that business leaders who feel less uh, less purpose filled. It allows me now, as I as I am more vulnerable, as I speak deeper about my own issues. It not only allows me to have a community around me to say, "Hey, me too," and now I feel less alone. But also, I'm hoping for them, like I do through the book, "Alone in Plain Sight." I'm hoping that book allows others to connect with themselves um, in a deeper way to maybe just maybe make it one more day, to take one more breath, to pray one more prayer, uh, and so. Yeah, it's, it's really maybe it's like it, it's a passion of mine, but it's also what I've seen work when it comes to my faith walk is allowing others to enter into my most vulnerable spaces. How have you worked through that or is it still kind of a part of who you are, that feeling that because it's really a powerful thing to admit. And I see why you'd be nervous admitting it, but it really just frees a lot of other people to say, yeah, I feel this way. I feel that the more people get to know me, maybe they're going to pull away from me. How have you confronted that after you were able to admit it? And have there been any changes in that for you? It still it still comes up. Uh, You know, it's still there. Even recently, I'm in a season right now of a lot of change and transition, you know, covid took out a lot of the stuff I was working on. And then also the entertainment world's not exactly like popping back at full force. And they're not exactly asking me to come and host things and be a part of things. And so like it's changed a lot in my life. And as my career has kind of taken shifts, not about just shift, I'm shifting. I've been asking myself, like, what is this all for? What was this all worth it? Like, did I really hold any value? Or was I just hired on because I was the bachelor at one point? Were they actually hiring me on because they thought I was talented or they thought I was somebody they wanted. And so it still comes. Here's the difference now though, through conversations with others and through openly admitting it, like there's an interesting thing. I don't think you can heal anything you don't recognize. And so by me speaking that out, I was able to recognize that I had a deep pain and now I'm able to start healing from it, which it brings in tools that I've gained over the years to recognize when I'm an unhealthy place. And so maybe saying, Hey, I'm in an unhealthy place right now. I need to go to counseling again. I need to sit in silence for a couple of days. I need to go and contemplate for a while. I need to exercise, whatever that may be for you. I have now been able to develop tools that help me get back to a reasonably healthy place in my life. 
and that's kind of how I handle it now. It's just, it's a lot easier for me to not carry the weight of it for 25 years without ever speaking on it. Now that I've spoken on it, I can recognize it and then try to heal it. Well, and that's a really powerful biblical principle, right? Where, mm. you know, um, the idea of confession, you know, uh, mm. and it says how we should confess our sins to one another. We should pray for one another, you know, because the effective fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. It's, it's about dragging your fears and your doubts and your issues into the light so that other people can both identify with it and join you in it. And it's just a really beautiful thing. And I think in a culture where we're more digitally connected and less kind of personally connected, right? I think a lot of people really struggle to put that stuff out there because they feel like maybe I'm the only one. And your story, Ben, is very much that you put it out there and you realize, man, I'm not the only one. Mm. Everyone's got this stuff that they're working through. Yeah. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. And again, like, I don't want this to sound like I'm just throwing it out the window here, but like my relationship with Jesus allows me to do this because I see Jesus enter into the pains of others and to share in other people's pains and sorrows. And I knew I needed that. And and so I thought maybe I can enter that space. You know, with the book, I write a chapter that was really hard for me because I I wrote about an addiction that I carried uh, to painkillers. I never spoke publicly on it. And I was super nervous about it for a lot of different reasons. Still am. Still feels a little bit weird to talk about openly. But the the responses and the stories of people writing back saying, hey, I'm still addicted. I'm still in it. But at least I know there's a way out or at least I know that I, I don't have to give up or at least I know that, you know, somebody else has been in this, too, uh, has allowed me to see once again, it was worth it to express it outwardly, because I believe that if one person reads the book and they're bettered for it or they feel less alone because of it, then it has all been worth it. And so, again, if I share my story and one person hears it and they feel less alone because of it, then it was worth it. And and that's just kind of the, the, the motto I have to go by right now. It's the best I got. You know, it's interesting because what we're talking about, the two words that come to mind for me are control and identity. And for me, it's like I try to control a lot of things and I put my identity in the wrong places sometimes and I catch myself doing it. And you were talking about different things, like whether it's working out or what, whatever it is that refocuses that for me, it might be like sitting down and journaling and being like, God, where do you want me? Like, that's a prayer. And we've talked about this a lot, Daniel, that like I wake up, I try to say every day now, God, where do you want me today? Who do you want me to talk to? What do you want me to do? Like, what is it? I want to make sure I'm in, in, in his plan and that I'm lining up with that and not just doing my own thing. But very often I will find that I've drifted off and I'm starting to do my own thing. And so I've tried to sort of relinquish that control as much as possible and try to be comfortable. And I think when you're in, obviously, the level of what you're dealing with is totally different from anything I have. But if it's entertainment or media or or an arena where values and like what people are saying you've done or who you are or their interest in you, it makes it very difficult. So it's nice to be able to kind of say, you know what, God, you're going to use me however you're going to use me. And I'm going to make sure that I'm comfortable with that. And when I'm feeling like I'm not, I'm going to go back to you and ask for the strength to be and the reliance to be. So I think that's really essential. And even in writing this book and talking about the difficult parts of, I mean, you, you followed what you were supposed to do and you did it. And so I commend you for that. Cause I know that's tough. Yeah, it's hard. I think so many people, I think everybody has a story and everybody has their own pains and it looks different for different people. I also, you, you know, you said that, you know, I, it's a different level of the stuff that you deal with. Maybe not really. I think we're all dealing with it. And then the second piece of that is I have the huge benefit of when I'm feeling alone, I push a button and a million people have the opportunity to respond and say, no, you're not. And I say, okay, you're right. We're good. Let's move on. Uh, you know, there's a huge benefit to this as well. Um, but with, with the platform, there's a new responsibility. And 
the book in a lot of ways, and I ended, I ended the book with it. The end of the book was the hardest for me was this wasn't in a sense of prayer. It was a prayer for not only myself, but for the people that are going to read it. Uh, the whole book was like, my, my, my hope is that somebody picks it up and reads it who feels disconnected from themselves, others, romance, and from God. And they just close it and they say, Hey, maybe I can still keep trying. Like maybe, maybe other people are still struggling with this too. And, and that's my prayer is that just people keep trying uh, because I believe we have a God uh, that's not given up. Amen. Well, I know we only have a, a few more minutes together. Share a little bit now, because I mean, obviously like the bachelorette goes on, it's like what, 2015. And then you're the bachelor in 2017 or whatever, but yeah. like, but like God brought your bride to be Jessica into your life. I mean, so talk about like, where'd you meet her? I know you guys are about to get married, right? I know. Yeah, uh, November. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so probably a, right a couple months after we air this episode, yeah. like you're going to be walking down the aisle with Jessica. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. She came to my life cause I saw her picture on Instagram. I said, that girl's beautiful. And I messaged her and I told her she was single and ever in Denver, I'd like to take her on a date. Well, she was single, but she's never been to Denver in her life. So I had to make alternative plans. But we talked uh, for three weeks and messaged and FaceTimed. And she's just, she's an incredible human. She makes me a better man. She makes me a better friend. I'm very lucky to have her. But yeah, I guess Instagram brought us together. That's a the bold Nicole's move. Old. Like, did you did you uh, have an inkling, like, in your spirit that, like, you should reach out to her? Like, that's a really bold move. Well, to be honest with you guys, here's how this works. I was in Las Vegas for – I worked for iHeart, and I was at their, like, iHeart Music Festival. And I was telling my buddies who had been on the show as well. They were both former bachelors, both of them single. I said, guys, I don't know how you're dating. Like, I don't date. Like, I've, met, I've been sitting on my, you know, hands for – months now and i don't know what to do and they're like well you got to start messaging people on instagram i was like well that's awkward like what if they don't respond like who cares like you don't know them just message them i was like i don't know guys like this feels he's like no it's the thing you do these days if you're a single and you're wanting a date just like message people on instagram now granted there's a little bit of like it's a you have a blue check mark and like people know that like they've been able to watch you on tv so like you've kind of passed the background check so you have that going for you like the the creepy factor is kind of taken out of it. And Jessica was the very first person I messaged. I wasn't as like aggressive about like, Hey, I'm going to copy and paste to like the 50 people that I want to. Like I really chose specifically, <laughs> but that's how that worked. That's how I got convinced of it. It's bold. But then again, like what's rejection like virtually it's like, all right. It's a lot easier than rejection. At, you know, in that's person. a good point. Yeah, what, she a, didn't want what a world we live in now. This yeah, is like, I haven't. I mean, I've been married for 13 years, so I I don't even know. Like, I haven't dated in forever. So, I mean, who knew this was a thing? But that's amazing. Like, God brought you guys together, and now you're getting married, and that's incredible. That's super well, I exciting. I can't help but think how cool it is. Like, you know, God sent you know Abraham sent his servant to, to go find a bride for his son Isaac. You know what I mean? And 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 now you know. You're Ben. You just kind of just DMs a, a girl who you think is beautiful, and you and you're like, and next thing you know, you're getting married. It's, it's so much easier what with Instagram. So the parallel between that story and Instagram. What role does Instagram play? Is it the son that's going out to find the bride? <laughs> well, like, Instagram is, is the servant. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, like Lord, like, like let this woman, whoever she is, let her give me some water. Yeah. So Instagram wow. is the servant. I think it's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome. I'm telling you what, it's uh, it's the most 
peaceful, joy-filled, coolest thing ever. I'm really excited. I know she is. And so, yeah, life's good. It is. And she, uh, she is. She's a special human who supports me in every way that is good in this world. Amen. Well, I just want to say, I'm, you know, Billy's a 13-year marriage veteran. I'm almost an 18-year marriage vet- veteran. Marriage is awesome to the right person. It is awesome. <laughs> it is. You know? It is. Because there's nothing quite like someone who sees you at your worst and chooses to love you anyway. Sees it, sees you pre-coffee, sees you, at, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. it's like for, for, to have that person is, is, and again, I realize everyone's on their, a different step of their journey. I know I didn't meet my bride until I was 28 and just that journey waiting for the right person. And I think Ben, you know, obviously your story kind of points to that. It's not about just finding someone who will say yes. It's about finding that right person. Yeah. And I think she said yes. And so, and so I look forward to 18 years, 20 years. I don't know, 40. Let's just see how far 100, we can take whatever. it. 100, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how far we can go. So, so Ben, so if people want to get the book, they want to follow, they definitely should. And if they want to, you know, kind of connect more with you, where on the interwebs, the social media, all the places, where do they, where do people find the book? Where do they find you? Well, it would be awesome if they got the book. It would be a huge gift, I hope, to them, also to me. It's it's a passion project of mine that I care deeply about. You can go to Alone in Plain Sight, just Google it. You can buy it on Amazon. You can listen to the Audible version of it, the audio version I did and recorded. And if you want to make me feel special, go and do that because it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I felt like is recording a book that you've written and staying with it as you read your words. And we're like, oh, gosh, I wish I could change that um, and not mess up the whole time. So anyways, yeah, Google Alone in Plain Sight. You can also go right now and listen to a new podcast I came out with, with uh, That Sounds Fun Network, which is with Annie F. Downs. It's called uh, Hope Still Wins. It's a really cool podcast that I'm trying to get going because it's something I believe in and care about and want to do for a long time. And then a lot of this stuff you can find on Instagram at Higgins.Ben. It's usually the place that I house most of my stuff. But finally, I would get in big trouble if I didn't do this. If you drink coffee, we started a coffee company three years ago. And uh, it's a really cool story. My buddies and I started it. We all signed our names out of the ability to make any profit on it. So we just sell coffee and shirts. and We donate 100% of the profits to nonprofits around the world fighting human-facing injustice. So if you're drinking coffee, go out to generouscoffee.com, generouscoffee.com. Buy some coffee today. It would mean a ton. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's doing a lot of good for the world. So That's good. Awesome. So, so, so it's going to be beautiful because you know, Jessica's going to see you pre-generous coffee. In the morning. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is. But I, you know, Jessica's like, a, I think she's out and about at like 5 a.m. So I don't know if how often she'll be seeing me, if that's what she's going to keep up with. <laughs> ben, thank you so much for just sharing your story, sharing your journey, not only here on the podcast, but just with all of us. And and I'll just say it on behalf of, of all of us, like we're just excited to see what God is going to do next in and through your life. And, and and there's no doubt that as you continue to tell people your story and, you know, Jesus in the midst of your story, I just, I just know that God's going to just continue to, to place you in exactly the places he wants you to be. Jesus is Today, we listen to Ben Higgins' powerful testimony about God meeting him in his loneliness, pain, and addiction. 
Ben's life was transformed when he joined The Bachelorette and then became The Bachelor. And today, he uses those experiences to spread the good news of Jesus. He also uses his platform to live vulnerably and openly. He's a voice of encouragement for anyone whose life isn't going as planned. Thanks for joining Pastor Daniel Fusco for the Crazy Happy Podcast. Each week, Pastor Daniel is joined by journalist and author Billy Hallowell to discuss relevant topics, interview guests, and share the hope of the gospel message. If you'd like more information about this podcast, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified each time we post a new edition. Now, here's Josh to let you know what you'll hear next week. Ben's book, Alone in Plain Sight, tells his story of loneliness, pain, and addiction. His hope is that through sharing his story, he will encourage someone else to keep going, keep trying. As Ben walked into fame, he learned how much he would need to rely on prayer and the community of the church. Through those two things, he found peace in the chaos and the courage to stand firm in his faith and share the good news. Well, that's all we have time for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and Billy Hallowell. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today and be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus.